1: Alright Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host Chris Maselli with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche and it is Monday, another week of games, another week of uh, a lot of games going on with the Colorado Avalanche. This every other day thing is great for the viewer. Uh, Is it taxing on the Avalanche? Uh, Probably not yet, but the last game, I don't know if anything had got under their skin or what, what the case was with that game against the Vancouver Canucks, but one that you kinda wanna get away from. You go through these games every once in a while, and it's over and done with, and and you might get another one before the season is over. But for the most part, the Avalanche have been right there in almost every single game that they're playing this year. So to have a, a you know a blowout the way that it was uh, is is gonna happen every once in a while. But you know the way that these the Avalanche play, they're in they're in almost every single game. So uh, what we're gonna take a look at what this week has for on the schedule. We're going to take a look at the division. The division had an interesting week last week. We're going to look at uh, the... the. I'm, I'm recording this game. Being on the East Coast sucks when it's... They're playing as far west as you can possibly play. Games don't start till 10 o'clock my time. So uh, I, I'm actually recording this right before puck drop for the Sharks game. So we will look at that tomorrow and with Jonas Donskoy and his return to San Jose. But we will talk about that today. There's a very interesting article in a, uh, a, a San Jose Sharks SB nation website called fear the fin, which Donskoy has some pretty interesting comments in, in the article. So we'll talk about that. And of course we will do our three stars of last week, not named, Nathan. So before we get into all of that fun stuff, follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow the show on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. And send your questions, comments, concerns, opinions if you want to be on the Fandom Friday segment. Send all of that to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. I'm always interested in uh, be, you know doing this show. Of course, I have to be on social media often. I'm, I'm on Twitter more than anything else, but I, I I get a kick out of it. Other people get mad about it when the ABS lose a game, even if it's one game. If if they lose a couple in a row, forget about it. But even they they could, they went on a run, seven in a row, nine in a row at home. They lose one game to the Vancouver Canucks. And I get a kick out of reading the comments on places like Twitter and and Instagram and especially Facebook. We've had segments on this in the past, but I feel like I just got to bring it up when it happens because they want a fire sale and they want to get rid of Bednar. And where are these people when they're winning? Do they just lay in the weeds and, and wait for that loss? And they're just like, yes here we go, fire up the computer so we can start bashing players. But when they're winning, yeah, you get people that are commenting that they're winning and they're happy about it, but it's never the same people. I I just I don't know where these people go during the times that they're winning and how you can be upset with this team just for losing a game uh, doesn't make sense to me. The last 10, Colorado average are 7, 1, and 2 just based on that i know you like they call them fair weather fans obviously and more like what have you done for me lately 7-1 and 2 and they've they've they're on a a after a 7 game win streak and a 9 game uh road winning streak they're on now a losing streak of 1 and we're going to we're going to go to our social media account and rip everything that we can Whatever. It doesn't bother me, but it, it just I like I said, I get a kick out of it. And this division, like it it's still a, it it has come back to be a, a strong division. Once again, St. Louis had the opportunity to go up by four with the Colorado loss. They didn't do that. Uh they 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 lost their last game. Now, I don't know if they played tonight. Let me load up <clears throat> excuse me, load up the schedule real quick, but the game prior. Uh, they had lost, so they they just beat the Blackhawks. That game just went final two to nothing. So uh, the the Avalanche, let's see if they can 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 keep pace because that brings St. Louis up to ninety two. Colorado is there with eighty eight. Obviously, this is if you're you know in the morning you're going to know the the outcome of the Sharks game. So this is prior to the Sharks game. Sharks game is just getting started. Uh, Dallas has lost two in a row. They remain six behind Colorado. But Nashville has now won two in a row, and they have gained points on Dallas. Look out for Nashville. I know they're only, in their last ten; they're only five four and two, four, five four and one. But they are they are playing uh, very well. As is Winnipeg. Winnipeg has got two in a row. They are tied with Nashville at seventy six. Minnesota one point behind those two teams. Minnesota's last ten; they've gone seven and three. Pretty impressive there in Chicago. Just got shut out, so they're stuck at 70 points. But 70 points at least for every team in the division. Can any other division say that? Probably. I'm going through them right now. Pacific Pacific with Anaheim, San Jose, and Los Angeles. They're struggling, obviously. Atlantic with Detroit. They don't have... And Buffalo and Ottawa, they're under 70. In the Metropolitan, the only team under 70 is New Jersey with 68. So they're right on the cusp. So the Western is the only division with... All teams above 70 points. Granted, they are the only team or the only division with seven teams. They have one less team than all the other divisions. But still, uh, that, that's a pretty impressive feat for her early on. So what goes on for... Well, actually, what I wanted to get to first before I get to the schedule is this Nikita Zadorov thing. Um, I it, it, This is the writing on the wall for him. This has happened how many times now? I mean, this year alone, it's been a, it's been a handful of times. I, I think we, and if it's happening at this stage in the season, I think we are seeing the last of Nikita Zadorov. Zdor- uh, when whether or not you know they they release, I don't think they'll straight up release him. I think they will not freeze him for the expansion draft. If Seattle doesn't take him, it, then we'll see what what happens but he uh he's just not he just doesn't seem to mesh well with with how this team wants to play he's he he's he's a good defender when he wants to be and it's amazing that we're talking about a guy who that week that we can go back to when the avalanche played all those games on the road and they played in a row it was Edmonton and then Toronto and then Uh, They had Montreal in the middle and then Boston. And he shut down all of those teams' All-Stars, Connor McDavid included. And it's amazing that we have gone from a player who can do that to now being benched because he's not fitting in the system. seems like he's taking shifts off. He's kind of been non-existent and it's it's noticeable on the ice Uh, and I've I've defended him and I've ripped him I've defended him on his play I've always ripped him on his nonsensical penalties and it seems like that has crept back into his game every once in a while not as much as it was in the past but it seemed like we had gotten over that hump and it's come back a little bit I think it's more than just that. Obviously, Jared Bednar is on the front line more than anybody else, so he he sees firsthand what Zadorov is doing or not doing, and he's not happy with it. But this is not the first time this has happened. I think that it's the, sta- the stage in the season that it's still happening. Uh, I think this is the writing on the wall for for Nikita Zadorov. But my question is, if, if they, they kind, of, if they knew this was going on, why did you not try to get something for him? at the trade deadline, he, he could have been valuable for to some people to bring in a player or a couple players. Teams absolutely would have taken him. And if you're going to bench him now, I mean, I, how can you bring him back and him have any real reason to put in maximum effort? I mean, the only reason for that is because he's putting on a, a show for another team. That's, that's, that's why players don't tank, because they're always auditioning for another team, and maybe that's what he's going to do. But for whatever reason, it's not working out for the Colorado Avalanche and Nikita Zadorov. so, I mean, it, that, that is what it is, and I think we're, we're just going to have to come to the realization that it's, it's probably done, that relationship between the Avalanche and him.
0: My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass., I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't
2: Luca now. But the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, so really good article. And like I said, the SB Nation San Jose Sharks page called Fear the Finn. Article is entitled Jonas Donsko. I quote, I didn't develop as a player the way I wanted to my first four years here. Now, is that a dig at San Jose? You better believe it is. I don't think the team that you left wants to hear that from any player, but there's some pretty good quotes in here. And he does say after he signed that deal with the Avalanche, he said there were talks with the Sharks. They had um, salary cap issues. But I feel like for me, the thought process was I didn't develop as a player the way I wanted to my first four years here. I feel like I was kind of stuck in my game. I started thinking maybe it would be good for myself to change scenery, see something else. That would help me take the next next step in my career. Uh, so far, so good in that aspect. But to give up on, uh, you know, a team... 4 years into your career that that's kind of that takes some you know what's 4 years is is you know that's a good amount of time but it's also still young it's also still you know like okay we can maybe turn this around or maybe he whatever he saw he didn't see his future in San Jose maybe just like we were talking about Zadorov maybe he just stuck in a rut with the avalanche and Donskoy was able to see that, he, looking ahead, he already was. And his minutes were going down, so that writing was on the wall, much like Nikita Zadorov. Uh, they give an example saying he averaged a minute and 30 per game on the power play during his first three seasons, and then his last season it was cut by almost a minute. And he was also healthy scratched at times, which... So what, you know, what was going on with him and upper management and his coaches that they were healthy scratching him? And he says a quote, especially last year, I couldn't help the team the way I wanted to. I started to get healthy scratched and all that. I I just couldn't bring the game and the effort that I wanted to, that I'm capable of. So it was tough. This is Nikita Zadorov, like looking in the mirror. This is everything that Donskoy is saying is happening to Zadorov right now. Uh, and he goes on to say, I never felt like it was unfair. There was no coach out there who wouldn't put the best guys out there. That's just a fact. It was just probably what I deserved. I wasn't bringing to the table what I needed. So now he's kind of putting it a little bit on himself, which a good player should do. Some of it's me. Some of it's the team. Maybe just wasn't a match made in heaven, and, and it's time to move on. And he has no hard feelings toward the coaching staff Kind of the opposite. Peter DeBoer and those guys gave me the chance to become an NHL player. Coming from Finland as an undrafted free agent, they gave me a chance to play. I'm thankful for that. Nothing bad to say about those guys. That is the quintessential hockey player, even just sports player answer. While you know you're in the middle of a season, will things you know maybe when his career is over, however many years down the road, he might look back and have. Something different to say, but he's not gonna cause any any problems. He's not that type of guy. And he might be telling the truth. It very well could it be be I have no hard feelings towards so our coaching coaching staff. And they just had players that were that they were giving more of a chance than he was. But like I said, he saw the writing on the wall and, and he got out and, and he went to a better situation for him. And this is again kudos to Joe Sakik for, for seeing these players that he knows that could produce better and brings them in and look at what they're doing. It's a different system than, than most teams run, and a lot of players, and the one that jumps out at you is Nechuskin, that when they come into a different scenery, that's what t- sometimes people need. And again, going back to Zadorov, is that what he needs? Uh, or is it just, that's his game. Is he too up and down, and the Avs don't want that. They want more consistency out of him, obviously. And I, you know that they have worked with him. But it, it, for whatever reason, it's not working for him the way it wasn't working for Donskoy in St. Louis. So he got out, went to a better situation, and look at what he's doing now. So I thought there were some interesting comments in there. And uh, he, he's, he's, he's one of my favorite players on this team right now. I was talking to uh, some friends of mine about, you know, I typically don't have, like, a favorite player that I that I that stands out to me and and uh e- even even on, on the Broncos I'm not like beholden to like one team I'm or one player I'm a team guy I, I don't usually get hung up when players come and go because that's the nature of the game right now with the exception of your star players you hate seeing them go yeah if like Nathan McKinnon left you would be pretty much heartbroken over that but I, I I'm more of a just I, I like the Colorado Avalanche. So whoever plays for them, I root for them. And this offseason, guys are going to leave. Okay, that's nature of the business. But I, I have taken a liking to Jonas Tonskoy as this season has gone on. I just like the way he plays. He's always involved. Him and you know, J.T. Confer. I, part of why, why I like J.T. Confer is I'm, I'm also a Michigan man. Uh, so, and him going to Michigan, I, it was kind of like a match made in heaven. Any, any, anybody that plays for Michigan that goes to the Avalanche, I instantly they're kind of like higher up on my list. So those two guys, but Donskoy has done uh, a lot. He's kind of won me over on this season. When when they signed him, I I kind of was like, okay, I think he you know he'll help. I didn't think he would help this much. So it it's been it's been all rainbows on this side, and he's he's got a, a big fan in me. That's for i sure. And one last piece of business to get to, like we always do on Mondays on the Locked on Avalanche podcast, is look at last week and the three stars of last week. Not named Nathan McKinnon, although maybe the rut, and I, and I hate saying rut. He's not really in a scoring rut. I just keep have to prefacing it by saying scoring rut that he's in. Maybe we should include him in these, but no, we're not going to do that. So uh, last week, what The avalanche, do the obviously the last game was the loss to Vancouver prior to that, and one more bit of business to get to for today, like we always do on Mondays on the Locked on Avalanche podcast. We always hand out three stars of last week, not named Nathan, and the Avs on a one one and one record for last week, a two to one win against detroit followed by that heartbreaking overtime loss to anaheim with one second left and then that six to three loss to vancouver uh within all of that uh, a lot of a lot of uh good things obviously that happened uh for my three stars for the third start of the week i have to give one to logan o'connor uh, he only had the one goal but it was a big goal a game-winning goal on that pass from Gabriel Landeskog that got taken out as he made a pass on the money to Logan O'Connor for a breakaway and he put it home which was was good to see so good for him with his one goal for last week so he'll get the third star i think Nemetzikov has got to get my second star two goals for him last week playing very well since coming over to a new team again maybe new new player in a new Uniform, new scenery, much like we just said with Donskoy, seems to be doing him well so far. And the first star has got to go to the captain. Gabe Landeskog has been playing probably the best hockey on this team for a solid month now. Two goals, three assists last week, had his first three-point game of the season last week as well. He's he's been money. He's been as advertised when it comes to the captaincy, and it's you know well earned. He's going through a little bit of a funk. I don't. I still don't think he was a hundred percent. Had that new baby born? Maybe his mind was somewhere else. Completely understandably so. If it was, uh so I think he's now kind of really. Then maybe that bandaid he wears over his broken nose, uh, for some reason, is bringing out some. Some great skills for whatever reason. Who was that basketball player that that played uh, for Detroit? Who broke his nose and he wore the, the mask? Uh, something I think it was Hamilton Rip Hamilton is what they call. Him. Yeah, uh, always had that mask, and after even after it was healed, for the rest of his career, he wore that, and he just played better because of it. So uh, that probably has nothing to do with why Gabriel Landeskog is playing so well. But he is. He's starting to really amp it up and, you know, kind of alleviating all of that pressure that's on Nathan McKinnon's back all of the time, um, as a good captain should do. So, Landerskog, number one. Domestikoff, number two. Logan O'Connor, number three. We'll see what happens for this week. Again, very busy week for the Colorado Avalanche. Right now, as I am recording this, they are going up against San Jose Sharks. Uh, Then tomorrow, well, tonight... They are playing the Kings day off, followed by a game against the Rangers, who are playing a uh, back to back both on the road the day before they play the Rangers or the day before the Rangers play the Avalanche. They're playing in Dallas and the Rangers have been playing much better as of late Uh, day off after that. And then Friday Canucks again, this time is in Colorado. So some payback there might be in order followed by a day on Saturday. And then if you want to get into Sunday, which is obviously next week, but they do play the Vegas golden Knights. So it's just, uh, loaded with games everywhere you look for the rest of the season. So clearly points on the board right now. Where's the San Jose on a power play and they literally just scored. I just turned my head <laughs> and Joe Thornton scored uh, the first goal of the game. So, We'll see how this one ends. Clearly, when you guys will be listening to it, you will know the ending, but I'm going to go finish watching this game. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's episode as well as the uh, Kings game. We'll talk about that and have a a busy week of Colorado Avalanche hockey and news and anything that's going to come out. Follow me, like I said, on all the social media platforms and ask your smart device to play the latest... Locked on Avalanche podcast and bam. It'll play it on Google or on the Alexa. I can't say it too loud because it'll pick it up. So that's it for today. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the games. Enjoy the week. See you guys tomorrow. Here's Jovi.
0: Go abs, go.